welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Okay, I'm going to start my timer. Okay, so pastor asked, I said no, but then I was told, Holy Spirit, so how can you argue with the Holy Spirit? So I'm here. And I'm going to stick to what I know. I'm just going to share with you my heart and my passion and hopefully encourage you this morning. So you all know my heart is children and that children know that they are loved, that they feel loved. They feel the love of the father and that we grow spirit filled children, not spirit filled adults, but spirit filled children at a really young age. So most people come to faith before the age of 19 and research shows that parents are the single biggest influence on their child's faith. Yet only 50% of children brought up in a Christian home will continue with their faith when they're adults. So I just want to read some scripture. You'll know this scripture well. Um, It's in Luke chapter 2. Verse, starting at verse 41. Every year, Mary and Joseph went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, his parents took him with them to Jerusalem. They went as usual for the festival. And when the week had finished, Mary and Joseph left Jerusalem to travel home. They traveled for a whole day. And then they began to look for him among their friends and family. They couldn't find them. They couldn't find him. So they went back to Jerusalem. They looked from there after three days. They'd lost him for three days. Like if I lost Freya for 30 seconds, I'd be in a panic. Three days. They found him in God's great house. He was sitting there among the teachers. He was listening to what they were saying. He was also asking questions. Everyone who heard Jesus was very surprised that he understood so many things and that he could answer the difficult questions. When his parents saw him there, they were also surprised. And his mother said to him, my son, why have you done this to us? Our first reaction is, where did you go? What did you run away for? And that was Mary's. My son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking everywhere for you. We have had lots of trouble in our mind. And Jesus answered them, you should not really have looked. For I must be doing what my father wants me to do really you shouldn't really you should have known isn't that what we want for our kids we want them to be found in the house of the lord we want them to have that desire and that passion the same way that jesus did to know the father deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6 and 7 i'm using i'm reading from the easy version because i personally really like it it's good for the children and, and i find it easier to read so I know we have a different version up here, but Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. Remember with love all of these rules that I give you today. Teach them and explain them every day to your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road. Repeat them when you lie down. Repeat them when you get up. We need to be intentional and integrate God and the ways of the Spirit into our everyday life with our kids. God needs to be the center of our living. Proverbs 22 and 6, teach your children how they should live and they will remember it all of their lives. 
you need to model what being a Christian is like. As the parent, as the adult in the home, you need to show them how to be a Christian. We often take ourselves off to our quiet places somewhere away off. And our kids don't ever maybe get to see how we spend time with God, but we need to do it in front of them. We need to let them see us reading the Bible, worshiping, praising, walking out our faith, read the Bible with them. Care for the Family did a survey and it showed that 85% of parents believe that they are primarily responsible for their child's spiritual development, but they also genuinely believe that the church is actually a better place to do it. There's 168 hours in a week. We have them for one hour in Generation Kids. That's it, one hour, give or take. Some weeks it's a wee bit longer, some weeks a wee bit less, but generally one hour a week is all we have them upstairs. It, our, our children's faith must be taught and nurtured at home first. If you're a mother, a father, grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a next door neighbor, even if you just give a lift to a child, say from home to school or to a club somewhere, you can make an impact on that child's life for Christ. So Kyle and I grew up brethren and I went to a really small old gospel hall with my mom and my brother. And every other person in the hall was over the age of what felt like at that time, a hundred. But I was taught the word. I knew the word inside and out, but there was never any real mention of the Holy Spirit or the things of the Spirit. And I was a teenager before I started life with the Holy Spirit, before the Holy Spirit was introduced to me. And I was probably in my twenties before I heard tongues out loud. And that hindered me. Um, and we all know how hard it is to learn things the older we get. And as Proverbs 22 says, teach them young. So when Kyle and I got married, we decided that we wanted something different for our kids. We wanted them to know the Holy Spirit and to flow in the supernatural from a very young age. Now, hear me when I say this. I get it wrong every day. I am not perfect. I shout, I yell, I lose my temper. Seth will often say, girls, you better stop. Mommy's about to throw a psycho. I say things I shouldn't. Every day in my home is not a holy day. And if you noticed this morning, it's always like I'm up here talking about this and Freya has done nothing but shoot and dry this morning, then give me a hard time. It's like, behave. I get it wrong. And that's okay. It's okay to get it wrong. I just try again the next day. And when I do get it wrong, I say sorry. I say sorry to my kids for screaming at them, for dealing with the situation in the wrong way. I say sorry to God. And I ask for forgiveness. I also ask my kids to pray for me. I remind them I'm only human and I get it wrong and I'm really sorry. Would you pray that the next time maybe I don't get it wrong? I want my kids and those kids who come through my ministry to know who they are in Christ, to be able to stand strong when the world throws all the rubbish that it's going to throw at them. When it says you're ugly, you're no good, you'll never succeed. I want them to be able to fire back scripture. So here's just kind of the, some of the things that we do in our house to try to be intentional about bringing God in every day. So worship. All of my children play an instrument. My husband plays an instrument. So there's always 
music in my house. Very rarely is it secular. We don't listen to the radio. It's always worship. So they're used to hearing worship music. We've worship music on in the, the car. UCB too is fabulous. And we listen to it in the car. Worship is a part of our everyday life. Pray. We pray a lot in our house. And a lot of the time it's me praying for strength or patience. <sighs> because Freya is Freya. But we pray first thing in the morning. So on our way to school in the car with the girls, we pray. And I'm going to just share this. I hope she doesn't mind. But on Friday, we prayed for Sarah. So she was getting her results. And I just said to the girls, no, you know, we've got to pray for, for Sarah today. Had to explain who she was, Doreen Emmy's mama. So that was fine. So we just said, you know, we, we prayed. Freya prayed. Phoebe prayed. I prayed. So we then got the result. They got the message that it was good results. So when Freya came out of school, I said, oh, I've got something to tell you. And I said, um, do you remember we were praying for Sarah this morning? And she said, yes. And I said, well, what do you think the doctor said? She's healed. I said, she is. And Freya said, I knew it. So they've got it. They've got it in their spirits. They know if they pray for healing that God will heal. Very often it's a simple prayer in the car on the way to school. And usually Freya's is that she won't have to do any work that day. It's be a nice day. Amen. But... Yes, it's immature, but it will grow as she grows. And I model what it should sound like. So she's hearing what a prayer should be. We turn every conversation, we try to turn every conversation back to focus on God. Maybe that's to praise him, to remind our kids of what he said about whatever subject we're talking about. So um, maybe one of them will come home from school and doesn't like a child or whatever. And... Um, we try to remind them that to see that child through God's eyes. What does God see when he looks at that child? Why is that child being mean? Maybe that child needs some help. Maybe that child needs some love. And that's your job to love them. Read your Bible together as a family. Um, we try to do that. Um, the dinner table is a great place. Now, we don't get the, around the dinner table every night of the week. But we try to as many nights as possible. And usually when Seth comes in from school, he has to announce himself because he'll take himself off to his room. And then by 10 past four, I'm panicking, thinking, like, where is he? He hasn't come home, and he's in his bedroom on his PlayStation. So he has to announce himself. So I'll say to him, how was your day? Fine. Anything exciting happen? No. And away he goes. We get to the dinner table, and all these weird and wonderful stories of what happened in the day comes out. That's a really good place for them to ask questions. Sometimes we can answer the questions, and sometimes it's a, that's a pastor question. And I can remember not long ago, I was out there and I could see Seth talking to the pastor after the service. So when we get into the car, I said, oh, I you were talking to the pastor. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I said, what were you saying to her? And when he told me what he was saying, I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus, that he asked her, not me, because I have no clue. But most importantly, we need to speak life over our kids. Declare what God says about them. When you hear them saying things like, I'm not pretty or I don't like my hair, stop them and remind them that they're made in God's image. How could they not be beautiful? So just a few things, just want some scriptures that you can declare over your children. Maybe your children are older and they've walked away from God. Can, can declare them anyway. Declare them over yourselves. So just remind yourselves and your children, God's plans are good for my life. Jeremiah 29, 11. You are his child and heir, no longer a slave. Galatians 4, 17. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1 and 3. You are chosen, holy, and blameless before God. Ephesians 1 and 4. You pro God provides all you need. Philippians 4 19. God loves you and has chosen you. 
1 Thessalonians 1 and 4. You are kept in safety, Psalm 91 11. You are strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6 10. You are healed by his stripes, 1 Peter 2 24. You are an overcomer of the devil, 1 John 4 4. And you are a light in this world, Matthew 5 14. Declare these things over your kids, declare what God has for them, um, and you'll find that they start to declare it themselves. Be intentional, make it the norm. Life is so, so busy. I spent my life driving my car all over the country. But we must make time to pour into our kids, to show them, not just tell them. There's no point just, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. We've got to, we've got to show them. We've got to walk out our faith so they can see it. Show them how to live a spirit-filled life. And if you live it, they will copy. Thank you so much. I'm going to hand over to Deborah. So let's welcome her. Good morning, everybody. Um, happy Mother's Day, happy Sunday, and thanks for having me. It's really lovely to be here and to see you all. Um, I'm over again in a couple of weeks, so I'll see you at Easter. I'm here for the Easter week, and I'm going to hopefully steal Mum away to Scotland there for a little while, so you might, just for a little holiday, she comes over and looks after us, you know, keeps us all right. Um, so I was asked this morning just to speak uh, on mothers, and I've got three children. I've got a boy and two girls. Um, a lot of you will know them. They're not here with me there. Um, in fact, Aria right now is playing rugby in Murrayfield. So come on, Aria. You wouldn't want to come across her and get tackled by Aria. Uh, but, you know, you were talking about the enemy tries to rugby tackle you, but, you know, that vision of, of Aria... Um, taking people down. She is built like this and strong as an ox. And as she is uh, physically, that's how we're to be spiritually. So as mothers, I wanted to talk today about we are fighters. Mothers, we are tenacious, are we not? Are we not like fighters? When you think about it, Mother Nature shows us all around. Uh, anywhere you go, you will not come across or you wouldn't dare to tackle um, a nurturing mother in nature, would you? You would not, you would boycott that field if there was um, a cow in there with, with her calves or anything. She will protect right to the very end, even at the expense of her own life. She will protect, because that's in our nature, to protect and to nurture and to uh, strengthen the next generation and make sure they survive. That's in our nature. So that is in our spiritual nature. And as mothers, we're talking about as mothers, we're not just mothering our own children, we're mothering a community of people here. And as you're in church, the, the beauty of being in church is community, that community in the spirit, that community together. So take hold of that. Don't be scared to embrace that because we live very individualistic these days in our life. And the way this is my job, this is my family, this is my home, this is my car, everything's a kind of in individualistic, but other cultures are not like that. And our spiritual culture shouldn't be like that. So we should be living community life. And that means sharing our love, sharing our, um, our help, sharing our wisdom. Like um, yesterday at the conference, it was the mothers of the nation were sharing their wisdom, their experience, and what they've gained. Uh, and that is our strength, that wisdom is our strength, and that gets passed on to the next spiritual generation. And it, nothing is new, 
you know, all these things we are being built upon, built upon, built upon, built upon. So we are not creating anything new here, but we may need to gain from our spiritual mothers and people that are uh, mature in the faith. And we, no matter what stage we're at in the faith, we're involved in that for each other in community. So as mothers, um, I wanted to say sometimes it's not easy. You know, it's so lovely. I, I've, I love being a mom and I loved my children all around me. And, uh, you know, I, I just just love that kind of the, the beauty that it presents every day. The hard work is there, but that just fades away because it's such a wonderful experience. And as they get older, there's challenges that we have to um, put up with. Not, not put up with, challenges we're presented with, challenges our children are presented with. And the life and the world that we are in right now is very different, very rapidly different and changing all the time, even from when we were young. Uh, and it's a world it's hard to recognize now from our own childhood, very, very different. So we, we are in the middle of that with our children and with all the children here, no matter what stage they are. And like we say, even if they're adult children, teenage children, young children, uh, it applies to all of us, really. We're all children at the end of the day. Um, so I just wanted to share that scripture, Matthew 6. We can, as much as we're fighters and tenacious, we can be worriers. So we must remember Matthew 6 says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So that's to say, there's going to be trouble. So prepare, get, uh, get that armor on. I know you've been doing the armor and you've been learning all about it, but tell you every single day, get that on, prepare. You're going to have trouble in that day. It's that day only, and you have a new day coming. So it's just to say that it's the grace for today. You use the grace you've got today for the troubles that day. Tomorrow will have a trouble of its own, so there's no point worrying about it because you don't know what that trouble's going to bring, but the grace will come on that day for that trouble. And I truly believe that's God's word to us today, to hold on to that promise. Sometimes, I know sometimes you think you can see your children. We, we were talking about this time. You can see your children, their likenesses in you. And then sometimes you look and you think, don't recognize that. <laughs> Where did that come from? Maybe we just haven't seen it in us, or maybe it's come from somewhere else. But sometimes you think, wow. Can I, as a mum, deal with this situation? This is quite a new thing. This is an alien thing for me. I didn't go through that. Uh, and I know I've asked myself that. There's things that I haven't gone through, so then how do I help my child go through that? And I have to remember that I have been hand-picked. And I have to remind myself as a mother that I have been hand-picked from God for that particular child, for all my children. So I have, God's given me that grace for that child, and I have to encourage myself not to worry about it, but just to rely on him to give me what I need, to give them what they need, and to outwork that. So remind yourselves, all of you mothers, you are handpicked. You have been equipped. You've got everything it takes for that job. You may not believe it, but you just trust and you speak that over yourself and over anybody else that is needing to hear that. You are handpicked. So God knew what he was doing when he chose you, whether you've gone through it or not. Sometimes when it's, you know, you're, you're feeling the struggle of it, we need to know that God's given us peace, peace of mind. John 14 says, I am leaving you with a gift, 
peace of mind, that means no worry, and peace of heart, that means we don't be troubled about anything. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give, so we don't look for it anywhere else. So do not be troubled or afraid there that we can fear for our children if we are equipped if we are armored up and if we're standing anointed and we are seated at the right hand so we're seated already in that place of authority that you've been you've been learning that the devil is under our feet he's down there we're seated here above it all but we're also equipped and armed and ready for the fight so that's how we need to i'm a visual person that is how I need to visualize it. So however it works for you, get it practically visualized or written down or up on the wall or whatever you need to see because that thought um, is stolen from us. If it can be stolen, it will be stolen. That's what helmet salvation as well is that protecting your mind, don't let things be stolen away. So Sephaniah uh, 3, I love this. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. It's that beauty of a father that, you know, it just calms you down. I had a beautiful father who just calmed me down. And I just, you just knew it. He, he didn't need to say anything. His presence was there. And I just felt calm. And our Heavenly Father gives us that calm. He calms us down. He sings over us with love. And that's what we pass on to our children. Peace. Us being at peace, knowing who he is in our lives, we bring peace to our children. Because we live in turmoil and war right now in every way, every shape and form. I also wanted to speak, I spoke a bit on community. Community mums, find another mum. Find somebody who, uh, a group of you. I don't know whether you have um, groups. You don't need lots of people, but you need one or two or three key people, whether that's your own mum, whether it's a sister, whether it's a best friend. Find a spiritual person that you can share your open heart with. So I have people in my life that I can share openly with and not be afraid to say the difficult things of my uh, of being a mother or things my child I wouldn't want to talk to anyone else about um, a trusted person because people walk through this we all walk through it and we walk through it together but we don't want to be alone if the enemy can isolate us and make us feel alone then we feel in a vulnerable place but we are coming from a place of strength so if you can find someone and be to be trusted and you can share with and they can share with you as a mum, that would be my advice. Uh, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. We know this. Now, it's interesting. It says no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. doesn't say that a weapon is not going to be formed against you, but it will not prosper. So that's the promise. The promise isn't about the weapon. The promise is that it will not prosper. So expect that weapons are going to be formed and coming at you, but it will not prosper because we are in him. Okay, so that's our promise, so grab hold of that. I want to say uh, yesterday, very much emphasizing as well, speak over your children like Tash was saying, speak prophetically, speak uh, God's favor over them, speak God's blessing over them. 
Um, in 1 Corinthians, it says, you know, it, it always, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Um, and so much in all of that. But one thing that um, I was reading recently was really helpful for me was it always expects the best. And I, I had to really take a few days over that and let it sink in. It expects the best. So even if, you know, you see your children maybe not doing what you expect is the best, you ex still expect the best even out of every situation because love hopes. Love hopes for the best. And our hope isn't in seeing what their steps are taking. Our hope is seeing we see the long run. We're seeing the end game. We're seeing, we're seeing the future of everything. So keep our hope and hoping for the best. And so we also, uh, we stand in the gap in faith for our children. So um, we, and Karen has talked to me a lot about this as well. You picture it in faith, and mom, you've lived this. You picture in faith, and you stand in that gap and let them, just watch them come into that in faith. So that is, we stand in that gap physically very easily. But if we stand in that gap spiritually, that's what makes the difference in our children's lives. So I just uh, want to encourage all you mums to let go of your children and let God completely uh, take control. Um, and like the emphasis was yesterday, the battle is not ours, the battle is the Lord's. But the battle is won on our knees, no, no other way. So honour you all your mums and honour you mum today for all your intercessory prayers and your hoping and your loving and your perseverance and everything that you have done over the years. And we just uh, rejoice in that and thank you for that. Thank the Lord for you giving, giving you the gift to us. Amen. I just want to invite Ali to come up next. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. So good. That was so good, Deborah and Tash. Here's her great um, real encouragement. So happy Mother's Day, all you ladies. Um, you've all mothered somebody somewhere along the line. Um, so well done. Um, so yes, um, thank you to Pastor Karen for asking me to do this today. Under pressure, but we're here. So um, yeah, I just wanted to speak about um, Mary, about Jesus' mother. Um, and she's first mentioned in Luke 1, 26 onward. And um, uh, the verse is, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. As we know the story well. But the angel came in and said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. And blessed are you among women. And I just think, if an angel came in to me and told me that I was blessed, I would be <laughs> collapsed on the floor. I, you know, that must have been, um, must have startled her. Must have really you know, did something to her. Um, so back, back in those days, 
you know, Mary would have only been about 12 or 15 or so when she would have been engaged to be married. And that's, that's so young, so it is for us. But that was a custom in those days. But, she, you know, she must have been quite an extraordinary girl as well, you know, for God to choose her to be the son or to give birth to his son. But the, Gabriel tells her she's highly favored and the Lord is with her and she's blessed. Now, that is some statement for a young teenager. But Mary, she was chosen for arguably what could have been the most um, important jobs in history. You know, giving birth to God's son. Um, it's sort of unbelievable, so it is, but we know it's true. So we don't know how well-known Mary was in Nazareth, but um, she must have been well-known enough. She must have been, she had a good reputation. She couldn't have been um, a girl who was out in the town or, you know, she had to be trustworthy. She had to be um, no skeletons in her cupboard, unmarried as well. Um, so she wasn't sinless like the rest of us. Um, she needed to receive the Lord as her saviour as well. So that's just a wee, a wee fact there. Um so she tells us that she was troubled, she was concerned, and she was <clears throat> probably thought, "What, what's this? What's this all about?" Um, but he, Gabriel, reassured her, "Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God." So <clears throat> imagine how it must have felt to be chosen by God for this task. You know, Mary must have realized that her whole life was about to change. It, I mean, anybody, any woman who's had a baby who's been pregnant knows their life is going to change. Um, but hers was going to, she was asked to be the mother of the only perfect human being who had ever walked the earth. So um, she might have spent some time wondering why God chose her. And the scriptures highlight some reasons why. And sometimes we might ask, why does God choose us to do the things he has asked us to do? And we might sort of wonder, why are you telling me to do that, God? It doesn't seem, doesn't seem real or it doesn't seem, you know, like, where would this come from? I'm sure we've all thought that. But um, sometimes it does make sense. But, you know, we've all been chosen, everybody here, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man. You know, we've all been chosen for, by God to do something. And we don't have to compare ourselves to Mary. It doesn't have to be big, massive, massive task like Mary had. Um, we can just look at the things that are in front of us. As Deborah said, you know, just befriend another woman who's got kids, you know, just do the things that God puts before you. Um, just, you know, some days it might feel repetitive, you know, looking after children, and we t sometimes take it for granted. You know, but like Tash had said, you know, just loving them, our kids and raising them for the Lord is such a big task. So it is, it's, you know, it is down to us to do that. And sometimes it's not easy. But, um, you know, we have God with us just to help us with that. We're fulfilling the, the calling God has given us. Sometimes it might be looking after parents or it just could be your job, your day-to-day -day job. But, you know, we do it with excellence no matter what it is if we want to please God we do it the best we can you know and I'll always 
say to my children, you know, you know, just whatever you do, whether you're at school or whether you're at work, just do your best. You don't have to be an A star every time. You know, you just got to do your best. If, if I know you've done your best, I'm happy. You know, and if your best is a, a D, I'm happy because <laughs> my best was a D, usually. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I only work in Queens, so I didn't go there. Um, so the size of the task is not comparable to the size of the calling. You know, we're all chosen and we're all called by God. So um, then we go on the next three verses. Um, behold, the angel tells, tells Mary, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And Mary replied, how can this be? You know, like I say, she probably was flabbergasted. How can this happen? So she didn't ask the question in unbelief. Um, she just wanted to know, well, how is this going to happen? Um, but she worshipped God, you know, she was obedient. And she accepted what God had given her to do. Now, you know, there are times in our lives when it is difficult or scary or challenging to do the things that God asks us to do. But he never asks us to do something that we can't do. Um, so whenever we see that, you know, Mary's heart was positioned, it was to be obedient to God, to do what she knew she had to do, God made a way. And sometimes in life, we can try to maneuver the situations, um, particularly when God's given us a promise. We try to make it happen. But Mary's response was just to trust God. You know, she knew something. She knew enough of God um, that he was going to do something miraculous in her life and to ensure that she was looked after through that, no matter how difficult it was going to be. God was going to be there with her. You know, so God responds to our faith, and that's what moves his heart. So God gave Mary a husband and Joseph, um, a man who also trusted God. And um, he would provide for, for Mary in a very unconventional situation and look after her. Despite, you know, people probably looked at them, they were probably felt ridiculed and criticized. And um, we've all been there. We've all had people criticize us for doing something that we feel God has told us to do, but only we know what God's told us to do. You know, nobody else can say, yes, I know God's told you to do that. Go and do it. Um, well, sometimes it can be confirmed, but, you know, for Mary, I think it probably was he confirmed, you know, the, Gabriel confirmed the birth to Joseph. It doesn't say anything about her parents. So it was a big, um, a big ask of God, but he knew what he was doing. So um, let me see. So, yes, the, whenever Mary asked, how is this going to be? How is this going to happen? Um, the Holy Spirit, Gabriel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called 
a son of God. So Mary didn't become pregnant in the, in the normal way, but from a seed from the word of God, of God's Holy Spirit, that, that word of God just spoke, came upon her, and she became pregnant with um, baby Jesus. And that tells us in John 1, 14, so the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus was literally God's word becoming flesh. Um, let me see. So the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived um, a son in her old age, and with God, nothing will be impossible. So Mary knew that Elizabeth was older, and she had been barren, but God spoke to her that she would have a son. Um, so he was just reminding her that with God, nothing is impossible. So Mary's reply, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Just just accepted it, so she did. And, and I wish I could accept things just as easily. But anyway, how would I have felt if I had no husband? Or how would I have told my parents? It was hard enough for me to tell them I was expecting Carla. And I don't know why, but it just was. Um, but, you know, back in those days, it would nowadays it's quite common for people not to be married and have children. But back in those days, I don't think it would have been as common. So um, that's the way of it. But um, Mary, we don't, doesn't not told us anything about Mary trying to explain or justify her position. Um, she just let God tell Joseph. She let Gabriel tell Joseph, you know, in that way. It was just, she just accepted it and just went along with it. So she was brave, so she was, even though she was young. Um, um, and even though the way the message came to her, she was brave. And sometimes we have to be brave too. God tells us to do things. So anyway, Mary and Joseph um, journeyed from Nazareth to Bethlehem for the census. Now that was about 90 miles of a journey. And she probably walked, although maybe she went in a donkey, but maybe they weren't that well off. So it's about a week's travel. Um, and she gave birth in a stable because, you know, there was no hotels or no inns available. She only had Joseph with her. She didn't have any midwife or a female relative. Um, so that was very different for her and probably not the easiest. So looking at um, some of the circumstances just of the, the actual birth, you know, we, we believe that God has planned out every single moment of every day of our lives. Jesus' birth was no different. God chose to have Jesus born in a stable. And, you know, the Jewish people didn't expect their Savior to be born um, in that way, like to have a humble beginning. Um, they, you know, he, they thought it was going to be so different. He was going to be, I don't know, coming in a big army with them or whatever. But um, God chose that way. Um, but sometimes, you know, that just to have that humble beginning, 
it just you can relate to people more you know uh, people can relate to you you're not sort of away up there you're down there with the people with the animals um so whatever the reason it wasn't a mistake um that was god's way and maybe we'll maybe we'll know we can get to heaven we can ask them why but anyway joseph and mary witnessed you know jesus first breath and his first cry, they saw that themselves and heard that. And they saw the very human face of God um, in, in Jesus, in the wee baby Jesus. So there's no crib or nice baby clothes. But, um, you know, I don't I believe, even though it was a humble beginning, God would provide everything that Jesus needed. Um, so in the shepherds in the field were also told of Jesus' birth. Um, and they came to see him, um, and they, they confirmed it again. There's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior Christ the Lord. Um, and it tells us that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So probably a lot. She didn't wouldn't have known or didn't understand, but she just kept them in her heart. And sometimes God gives us things, and we just keep them in our heart whenever times are are hard we think back well god's told me that so things are going to be different it's, it's going to come to pass you know that encourages us but she was also present with jesus as he breathed his last breath as he died in calvary so you know think of that what would that be like you know your son being born in that very different way um for for her to see jesus to be beaten and and whipped and i know for me if i anybody hurts my children or anybody even says something to them i'm like let me at them you know just don't you dare mess with my children um just like deborah said you know that that just rises up in you because you just don't want you want you to be hurt you don't want your children to be hurt but um these things happen but so you know it would be awful i couldn't even imagine how i'd feel if my son was to be nailed to a cross, you know, for the sins of the whole world. So anyway, um, I'll have to get on. Um, so Mary sacrificed so much in order to be the mother of the saviour of the world. And I wonder, did she feel it had all gone wrong when Jesus was arrested? She may have felt that there was such injustice watching her perfect son die in such a bad way. And the words that were spoken to her that she had pondered in her heart must have helped her to prepare um, for this over the years. Jesus came to be the word, and he's our first example. So whenever life is difficult or appears to take a turn for the worst, that's when we need to look just at the, the, um, the word of God. Take some time to think of all the verses that you know are in the Bible, all the words that have been spoken over your life, and just remember, if you haven't had any words spoken over your life, just those prophetic words will come and just hold on to them and remember that uh, God has a, a good plan. And if, if Mary was able to go through what she went through, we're able to go through what he has for us. So I'll finish there and I'll hand over to Pastor Karen. Um. Hallelujah. Well, were you all blessed? Amen. There's a lot in that for, for each one of us. And there was a lot talked about rugby.
uh, all through service today. And uh, I was at my first rugby match, first ever. And it was a splendid day like today. It was on Tuesday. And the reason I was there because, was because I was, I'm a governor at Bangor Academy. And Bangor Academy were in the finals. And Matthew was in the team. Whoa! And they won. They won 25. So congratulations. And he had the ball a number of times. Isn't that right? So well done. Well done. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to invite mum up and uh, I want all the ladies to stand and mum's going to pray over you all. Hallelujah. And then we're going to have some fellowship together and then get on with our, our families whenever we plan the day. Praise the Lord. Yes, that was brilliant. Wasn't that a good morning? So mothers, ladies, no excuses. <laughs> no excuses. Because you can hear that word again, over and over again, and um, be blessed every day. So the, all the young ladies, suppose they're, they're upstairs, some of them. All the young ladies stand as well. Because there's mothers in the making. It's not just mothers here, but there's mothers in the making. And praise God for that. <clears throat> Many more children have to be born in the Christian homes. Glory to God. And it's what a wonderful privilege it is to be born into a Christian home. And what a start. Yes. And we've heard that good advice of walking before your children in love. So thank you. Let's pray for all of you. I thank you for all these ladies today, Lord. Thank you, God. It's a wonderful, wonderful privilege, Lord. And we praise you today that we have a part to play. We thank you, God, that this is our part. Amen. And glory to God, we thank you, Lord, that we can ha we have the love. You've given us love. Yeah. You've given us a love for our children, Lord, love for other children, Lord. We just thank you, Father, yeah. those that we're uh, to care for. We are carers, Lord. We praise you and thank you, Lord, for that care that you've put into us, Lord, yeah. and that love. You've put it in because children are the heritage of the Lord. Praise God. So every woman today, every woman, yeah. I bless you today. We bless you today. The Lord blesses you today and is pleased with you today. And you are crying today. Hallelujah. So be blessed as you go back to your homes and whatever's in front of you today. We thank you that you'll be blessed, that you'll be provided for, that you'll be spoilt. Because you're worth it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.